Hello and welcome to episode 63, Halloween, part oh. one. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say 63 there, so I have no bingo call ready. Ah, okay, that's okay. Then. Halloween. <laughs> so this is part one. Yes, this episode we're going to tell a few ghost stories. Tell a few fables. Mm. I actually was listening back, if you haven't listened to last year's, Mm-hmm. Part one and part two. We kind of mashed up the TV guide and stories and recommendations all in one. But this time, this year, we're doing it different. Yeah. So we're just going to focus on stories in this episode. Mm-hmm. So would you like to start or? Well, do you do you want to start with the, you have a tale of a hotel? Yeah, mine is quite short. Um, And then we can discuss. <laughs> it's short and it's set in Donegal. Okay. Um, Yes, and then we can discuss. So I suppose first I was doing a little bit of research about why hotels are so scary and haunted. And this kind of links into something we were discussing a few episodes ago as well. It was more like we were saying the hygiene thing is a bit freaky <laughs> in hotels. And like me and myself and Darren are going away for a night shortly and I'm really going to put us off our stay now that we're looking forward to so <laughs> like between everything. You'd be more terrified if the shower wasn't cleaned properly than noises. If there was a ghost. <laughs> noises in the night. <laughs> no, Have you me. seen the grout in that shower? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but this isn't hygiene related as such. So, uh, uh, but before my little story, here are a few of the reasons from an expert in this as to why hotels are more likely to be haunted. Okay. So this is a um, basically a ghostbuster, a paranormal activity expert. <laughs> so it says, he Leslie says, residual energies can linger after guests leave. That's one of the main reasons why hotels are so spiritual and weird. So it's all about energy. Okay, so said person or ghost wouldn't necessarily have to have died in the room. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. So this is the part that the experts take on it. He's actually an energy expert. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so plus many hotels are old buildings constructed of wood and organic materials, which can be conduits to contain energy. Hmm very Ghostbuster-esque. Add to the fact that tragedies and important moments take place inside of hotels and you have a perfect storm for paranormal activity. On a positive note, spirits may simply love the place. (laughs) Perhaps it's haunted by someone who loved the hotel um, and remains comfortable in the space. So holiday in there every year from heaven or hell yeah exactly and then these are just a couple of the five signs that your hotel room is haunted (laughs) (laughs) okay objects move without assistance so objects moving or music playing is one of the biggest signs of a haunt that paranormal experts pinpoint so it could be anything from a pen to a glass moving without aid in front of you while you're asleep or while no one was in the room. Okay. Uh, The next one is electronics turn on and off without anybody doing anything manually. Okay. I feel like it's kind of hard sometimes to figure out how to turn the lights off, so I'd nearly be happy for a ghost to do it, you know, whenever you're trying to get the (laughs) lights off and it's like, oh my God, which switch is it? Um, While this can happen from short circuits or power outages, many hotels um, can have things like electronics 
clocks, televisions, hairdryers and lights flicker or turn on and off without assistance. This is a sign, of course, of a ghost okay, trying to get now, your attention. Okay, no harm if a hairdryer started going off. Oh, I'd be out the door. <laughs> Barbara there trying to get a curly blow dry. <laughs> yeah, that'd be handy, actually. Yeah, if the ghost was a hairdryer, they could, or a hairdresser, they could stay. <laughs> I would love week And like, program. would you, sorry to interrupt the listener, but like, do you ever experience in a hotel where the TV creaks? No. Just me? Okay. Mm. <laughs> you know, like you can hear the TV kind of making like staticky noise. Not static noise, but like creaking. No. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. That could be a sign. <laughs> um, the third one, and I actually have a story that I could segue on this i don't want to distract from my main story though so i could come back to it we'll see but it's um you smell cigarette smoke or perfume this is a key sign that has been like cross apparent over loads of different stories Mm -hmm. that people smelt something that wasn't there really strong and then other things started to happen um so cigarette smoke cigar smoke or mainly perfume so remind me about the perfume thing um then fourth Second last, you feel cold spots. Unexplained cold spots are a very common sign that a ghost is present. This will literally feel like areas of the room or building have their own weather. It's more than just a chill going down your spine. It's like a breeze or a pocket of cold air. That means that more souls gathered are gathered in this room than the physical beings. <laughs> so they're pockets of cold air. And the fifth sign, which I really and truly don't believe, you're moody. Well, (laughs) so lastly, you should pay special attention to drastic changes in your personal mood when staying in in a suspected haunted hotel room. I must get a poltergeist once a month then. (laughs) Exactly. I get like must have ghosts when I'm hungry. These (laughs) off feelings may be combined with obvious signs like electronics acting strangely, etc., it all your drop in mood is um affected by the energy in the room so anywho they're zapping you yeah it must be but like you'd be just annoyed i suppose you'd be in a bad mood if you weird things were happening and it was starting to freak you out anyway but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so now have you heard about a hotel in donegal that's haunted well there's several but this is one i'm going to focus on in donegal town oh my god Abbey Hotel. Yeah. Okay. Did you I, know this? I didn't know this. But I, Oh, you had an experience. <laughs> this gets better. I stayed in a few times and then it's only recently that I seen that there's been incidents in it. Mm. Okay. Wait, okay, well, Pray I don't know, you might have re- read these. No, then. I didn't because I didn't even want to delve into it because I might stay there, there again. But this is the thing too. This is not to distract or put anybody off from staying in the Abbey Hotel because it paranormal activity is, yeah, an attraction in America. Like people make whole like experiences from this. Yeah. The haunted hotel stay is really popular. Oh, I'm dying to know the story now. So there is a review on TripAdvisor that I'm going to read out, and this is the story. And it's still they still give it four stars. <laughs> so it's not a bad review. It's just an experience. Casper. <laughs> Turns says it's a friendly ghost. So the TripAdvisor post is entitled Room 334 Haunted! Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Stay, stayed in room 334 with my wife and two young boys. Used the pool in the central hotel. 
stay stay nice. Stay was nice, except in capitals. During the day, the bathroom door kept closing by itself. No big deal. And thought nothing of it. <laughs> Come night, kids were surprisingly unsettled. Only fell asleep after 11 p.m. We fell asleep for a few minutes before the TV went on by itself with the remote resting in the bedside cupboard. My wife turned it off and it immediately went back on again. This happened three times and then I pulled the plug out. Got into bed, then the hairs on my back stood up. The mattress edge lowered, then it was evident three were now in the bed. Pressure was felt on the pillow beside my head. I shook my wife. I then heard movement at the bedside and the bottom of the divan, I don't know what that means, divine bring, kicked. I don't know if that could be a typo. It was a sleepless night. A presence was definitely felt. Told the hotel reception in the morning, they were interested, but at the same time, slightly poking fun at the situation. <laughs> well, like naturally enough. Um, that kind of freaked me out. And then there's another one, another review on TripAdvisor as well Four. from years in between. Is this for and room 334 as well? No, different room. Okay. So this is funny because they also still give it four stars, which is great because it's like I think everything else about their stay was clearly wonderful in the Abbey Hotel, but maybe just they did dock to star because they weren't expecting to be haunted. So this one is entitled Totally Haunted. Stayed <laughs> in room 311 with my brother and had a, okay, well, anyway, and had a very <laughs> strange experience. A blue light looked like a woman and hovered over my brother's bed and scared the life out of us. Never felt a presence like that in my life. Can't blame the hotel, but a very strange experience. This was in 2017. And I think the other review might have been 2014. The other review is 2014. Mm. Okay. Let me check to verify that. Uh, yeah, the... 334 one the extensive review was 2014 and then blue light woman over brother's bed is <laughs> 17 <laughs> and like is there only two reviews have you trolled through every review marie for ghosts? no i've unfortunately my the extent of my research ends here <laughs> <laughs> um we we could find a rep we could verify the sources but unfortunately we have day jobs <laughs> <laughs> like surely you would think there'd be more reviews detailing incident or maybe sometimes people think it's just trivial if the tv goes on Put it down to nothing. Let's bury our head in the sand here. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, there are a lot, like, the Abbey Hotel is very well reviewed and there's lots of reviews. So it's funny that there doesn't seem to be any more spooky yeah. ones, but I can't be sure. But I would say, too, it depends on the nature of your stay. Like, right. So a lot of people who go to the Abbey to stay would have had a good night out beforehand. Oh, and geez, you'd come home yeah. and you wouldn't even be aware of paranormal activity. True, true. Sorry, come when I say come home, like I mean, yeah, come back to the room. Yes, like you might have a few jars, like you wouldn't even know or care. The ghost would be there rattling away. Come on, Jesus, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> um, and like 
if the hotel was noisy or if you weren't putting on or if you ha- say say like when myself and Darren stay Darren loves like TV is white noise so he would have the TV on anyway and if it went off on its own I would just assume that it powered off yeah 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 and then I'm a very deep sleeper as well so it would take a lot for a ghostie to wake me yeah so that's kind of would nice you stay details. in room three three four? No, no. <laughs> I would Nuh-uh. stay in the Abbey still, but I just would avoid three one one and three three four. She, they were in three one one. Yeah, and three three four. Okay. Now, interestingly <laughs> enough, I had a story then from Boards.ie in two thousand and twelve. Now this hotel <laughs> is unidentified, but the thread was ghost stories in Donegal. So, the username was Grugni, G-R-U-G-N-I. Mm-hmm. Again, this was 11 years ago, so we don't know, are you still out there, Grugni? <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to the sh- podcast, Grugni? <laughs> okay. Many moons ago, I used to work in a hotel. This hotel is very old, and the oldest part of the building is over 100 years. So, naturally, there was plenty of creaks and groans in the building, but you got used to hearing those. Anywho... Along the very top floor in one particular room many years ago, a lady threw herself out the window and died. Being the cynic that I am, I never let these stories bug me. But I did hear many of the older staff go on about weird things that happened on the top floor. Stuff moving, strange noises, etc. But I put it down to either them going crazy or being drunk or both. (laughs) Also, it is very odd place at the top floor. It's like a time warp since the building was so old, staff used to stay up there, but they haven't for many years now. One particular night, I was working late in the bar, hotel bar, so 3 a.m. opening was a very common occurrence. I received a call from one of the staff staying on the top floor in the room directly across from the one which the accident took place. It was one of the most vivid calls I remember. The poor girl was in tears, absolutely terrified and convinced that there was someone trying to get into her room. She said that the handle kept on turning and something was trying to get in. Just by the sound of her voice, you could tell this wasn't a prank. So I pegged it out the door, up the centre stairs, directly to the top floor, as I thought someone was trying to break in, or worse. No more than a 20 second run, but I hammered it up the stairs. I would have sounded like an earthquake running up. From the top floor, there is only two ways down via the stairs I was going up, and via the stairs at the front of the building, which is long, down a long corridor. I reached the top where there was no one there. I knocked on the door. The girl was in, and she wouldn't open it to start. It was only when the other staff who were there came up that I pegged it. We searched all the rooms on the floor and found no one, and none of the guests reported any, anyone descending the front stairs as it led to the front lounge. The hotel was securely locked. There was no way in unless I let them in. The girl in the room quit the next day and moved back home to Germany. It was shortly after that that the staff stopped staying on the top floor. I always told the owners that they could do haunted hotel tours and just sit people in the rooms along the top corridor as it's a genuinely spooky place. Ooh. Make of it what you will, but it sure as hell freaked me out. Oh my God. What hotel was this? Yeah, I'd love to know. Like, I wonder, would that be the ho- Are you going digging there, Dan? <laughs> Um, so the building is over a hundred years old, so okay. hotels that are over a hundred years old in Donegal, could it be the Abbey Hotel? I would say the Abbey Hotel is on the go a long time. 
no idea like how long but because I have terrible um sort of understanding of time but yeah and that's she makes a good point she or he she is it we don't know oh yeah we don't they, know the gender they, gender they make a good point about the potential for like haunted hotel experiences because mm-hmm. I honestly don't feel like it would say if I knew that there was rooms in a hotel that they were marketing as a bit haunted yeah I would still stay in the other rooms quite happily and then I believe that there's lots of kind of paranormal junkies out there who would just be flocking to stay in say room three three yeah, four exactly in that yeah okay but it's like you know an American horror story as well the hotel I've never watched it okay so American Horror Story the TV show they'd done a hotel section and like that they had a room you know there was always mm. one room like mm. but Ireland like 1408 I feel like Ireland could really you know they could cash in on like these paranormal tours hospitality industry suffering at the moment this could be a, a great way to revive yeah so Abbey Hotel I don't know like I don't even, yeah. Would, would you stay in a scary room? No. Oh, you definitely wouldn't. I no, thought I don't you think would. I would. No. No, I don't think I would now. Wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. I feel like your mind can run away with you. Mm. Well, that's what the mind's a powerful thing, too. Very powerful. Because that's what I was going to say about the perfume, you know, the smells oh, being yeah. a factor. So I would probably should check with mum about the exact story but the bones of the story exact scent yeah because actually the exact scent as well because there is a scent um maybe i could mention it again when we do our next part of the halloween thing but roughly speaking right so my mom had an aunt um she has since passed away she was in her well i mean she will have to a brave age and everything but anyway she was from dewey down in Donegal originally her name was sophie and she emigrated to New York when she was quite young. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she was a very interesting character. Like she was really glamorous and everything. And when she moved to New York, she started working as a secretary in the NBC building in New York. And then after that, she done some housekeeping with two friends. So there were like three best friends and they looked after this rich Jewish family's house. Um, and they always stayed friends after like they got married and stopped working and everything, the three women. Uh, and they, whenever they were cleaning the house, they used to have like mad conversations. And one mm-hmm. of the conversations was, um, oh, when I die, like I'll leave a sign for you. And oh, they all had three of them had different signs. And one of them said that she would leave the sign of the smell of her perfume. Oh, and she was like, I'll leave that sign. Um, and then Sophie said after her friend died, like she died, I think relatively young and shortly after every time Sophie would go to do a bit of cleaning in her own house in Queens in New York, just to do things that they used to do together, like stripping beds and stuff. She would smell the perfume. Um, so then it was funny because mum was only just recounting this story to me recently and then mum said she could start smelling that particular perfume. Stop. No, no, sorry. She could smell not the perfume that Sophie smelled of her friends. Mum could smell Sophie's, Sophie's perfume, perfume, which was like a real distinct expensive perfume, like Shalimar or one of those. 
mum said that like she went upstairs a week later and she could smell that perfume and she smelt it in like outside and in random places too a couple of days after this is only a couple of weeks ago oh my god but then i was saying to mum like i'm always have like 20 percent cynicism and i was like is this your mind like having a very visceral memory of sophie or is it like her giving you a wee wink as well from beyond the grave <laughs> do you think your mind's that powerful to produce smells yeah, I don't know. See, mum's very spiritual. She, like She's had yeah. loads of ghostly experiences because I think she's got that. You know the way some people are just open to it and mm-hmm. not scared and they have these experiences, no problem, and she's one of them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting about the perfume. But I don't know. I feel like maybe your mind could do that. But I'd say your mind probably could as well. But I do, yeah, I do think there is something to do with smells. Yeah. What did you say in the checklist there? It was like, smell a cigarette like if yeah. you smell cigarettes in a hotel room you'd just like want to put in a complaint yeah <laughs> you'd be rich this is a no smoking room mm. um so that's all the crack with the hotels mm-hmm. thank god i don't have to stay in hotels by myself i feel like if you had to stay in hotels by yourself <laughs> I you. oh my god with the shining on in the background it's the most horrific looking scene in the world <laughs> Um, I have stayed in hotels on my own a lot whenever I used to have to travel to trade shows for work and nothing like paranormal happened but I used to be so scared oh I think yeah but again <laughs> the brain a powerful thing Um, so another thing then that I was going to mention was now a few years ago do you know Bert Castle in Bert oh no yeah I know it but so I had heard stories that it was haunted years ago and I remember going on a on a spin and seeing could I get up to Bert Castle but you can't you have to go through a field apparently and ask permission of a farmer and anyway didn't venture that far but was driving up around it but it's amazing um from a distance it's literally smack bang in the middle of a field mm. but I found the story of Bert Castle and why it was haunted because I never actually knew what the story was mm. I just had heard Bert Castle is meant to be haunted so it was on Gareth Ray Photography his website because he's a shot um, it's like moonrise mm. and it's the castle with the moon just rising oh lovely his photos are beautiful amazing so this is the story that's on his website so Burke Castle was built between 1560 and 1580 by the O'Doherty clan in County Donegal. During the 16th century, an O'Doherty nobleman seduced a young local woman in this castle. These lovers met as lovers do, and soon she fell pregnant. When she informed her lover, he took no responsibility and wanted nothing to do with it. She wanted marriage and all it meant for her unborn child. Yet he turned his back on them and she sadly became increasingly distraught. One night, as the moon shone full and bright, she walked along the shore of Loch Swilly next to this castle, eventually wading in, drowning herself and the unborn child in the icy cold waters. Her father made a vow to avenge his daughter's death, and on one dark, lonely night, when the clouds rolled in overhead, he snuck his way into the castle, climbed into the first elevated floor to the room where his daughter's lover slept. There, the father withdrew his knife and he stabbed the nobleman repeatedly to ensure that he was beyond resuscitation. He then dragged his body to the narrow window and pushing it through. He tried to aim it for the craggy rocks at the base of the castle, 
but it fell instead on a patch of grass close to the castle's stone base. From that time forward, each time the moon is full, the ghost of a young girl is seen walking the shoreline of the Loxwilly next to this castle. Her distraught wails, caught on the winds which carry for miles, only fading when the figure wades back into the water and disappears under the black waves. And on those nights, swans fly to Burt Castle, where they also begin wailing at the base of the old southeast tower, on the very spot where the nobleman has plunged to his death, was plunged to his death. In this very day, there is a barren patch there that even grass will not grow on. Oh, good. So That's I actually never chilling. knew the story of it. No, me neither. I always knew it was haunted, but didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a spooky one. That's a spooky one. Um, but I would love to, yeah, go up near it. Mm. There's also the ghost story of Doe Castle, which I'll get the full. Did you know the ins and outs of that? No. There's just a lot of forbidden love in castles years ago. Yeah. Oh, Darren had sent me something. That's not the same one, is it, Darren? Lots well, Ards. Oh yeah, plenty of stories in Ards too. Mm. Oh, that was in the paranormal database, was it? Possibly. Oh, um, yeah, the castle ones would be good because I would say like there's a lot, especially like Doe Castle has a graveyard behind it as well. Is there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, oh. yeah. Have you ever been down to the graveyard? I was never at the graveyard. Mm. I was in the castle, though. Yeah, there's like a beautiful graveyard all along the shore with very, very old graves that you can barely make out the inscriptions anymore. Oh. That's so nice. Like, it's actually so peaceful. It's not spooky. <laughs> a peaceful <laughs> graveyard. Lovely. It's really pretty. <laughs> um. Well, this I have another one. I don't know too much about it just yet, but you just might know about it already. It's called the Sharon Rectory in Newton Cunningham. Have you just heard of this place? I have heard of it. Apparently, it's like very well known, and there's a book and everything about it. But I was only learning about it when I was doing my research for this. Um, and it's haunted. Yeah. So. It's like an estate country house, you know, one of those kind of grand country houses, yeah. rectory type thing. And somebody, like a family, live in it now at the moment. Oh. So a grand estate in Newton Cunningham holds the ghost of ghosts of a wanted traitor and an innocent bystander. Mr. and Mrs. Waller were sat in their rectory home in 1797 when they received a knock at the door. Oh, we should do like last year. Oh, yeah. Dr. Hamilton was a local magistrate seeking refuge from the United Irishmen, a group led by Wolf Tone, looking to free Ireland from British sovereignty. The men arrived at the door demanding the counter-revolutionary be handed over. Fearing for the life of her wheelchair-bound husband, Mrs. Waller shielded him. As the men opened fire, cowardly Hamilton crouched Crouched, crouched behind Mrs. <laughs> Waller and she was shot dead. Devastated house staff manhandled Hamilton out of the door and he too was cut down. The spirit of Mrs. Waller is said to have been so strong she appears every night as the blue lady and even spiritualists and exorcists have struggled to free the spirit of Mrs. Waller from the Sharon Rectory. Like There was a BBC documentary filmed there like last year. It was called 
or maybe it was two years ago, it was called A Feared. Um, a historian um, called David Hume and a writer came to investigate it because it's one of the most haunted dwellings they've ever heard about. Um, so it's an yeah. So like this just tells us a little bit more about it. But it fell into disrepair following years of disuse, but was bought by Vincent and Lisa Tully in the nineteen nineties. The couple renovated the dilapidated property and moved in with their two daughters, Emma Louise and Victoria. And they all, well, they probably all don't live there now, but because um, I think the, the girls are in their 20s. But um, they almost immediately began reporting sightings of the Blue Lady. Oh, and Emma Louise, who still lives in the property, claims that she has been bitten, scratched and terrorized by the demonic ghosts. And she has published a book called The Haunting of the Sharon Rectory, detailing her terrifying experiences in the house. And she also runs a Facebook page to give regular updates about the haunted mansion. Bitten. Yeah, and she because I went on the Facebook page and she shows like her arms with all these weird markings and stuff on them. No and she puts up posts about it. Yeah, the book makes me a little skeptical. <laughs> a wee bit of skepticism there. like, But I mean, she's hardly going to be scraping herself. Or biting herself. Yeah, so the, does the blue lady rage on? Is the Possibly. mind a powerful thing? Is she a marketer? <laughs> 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 Who knows? <laughs> the Sharon Rectory, Newton Cunningham. Like, I kind of want the book, so it worked on me. The scratching and the biting, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> like, that's assault. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, like, I'm covered in scripts now, but that's Cosmo or Cat. Like, <laughs> maybe they have cats also. <laughs> I don't know. Like, no, biting. Like, would you stay in a place if you were being bit? Um, <laughs> no, I. No, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'd be on daft, pretty sharpish. No, if just, I was being mauled. No. Let me see. I know I'll never find the Facebook post, so I'll I'll fact check it again. But I've been on the fa- the Facebook posts are very detailed. <laughs> But the pair, one of them, I don't know which of the girls that lived or lived there was also running for like Miss Bikini Ireland or something at the time too. So the scratches and biting must have been really annoying for the pageantry. A stop and What? <laughs> <laughs> she was, is, was. Okay. <laughs> oh. I want to watch that episode too. It's quite hard to find BBC things though. You know, the way we don't get the BBC player. Yeah. Because it's episode one, I think, of the show is called A Feared. And it's these two experts visit haunted places in Ireland and the UK. And they're right. like one full episode is about the Sharon Rectory. Yeah, I would like to... So where's that? that? Maybe it will be on YouTube or something. Like, that sounds like an unpleasant spirit. Yeah, that obviously it's like an unresolved spirit. And they've had priests and exorcists and everything in the house over the years. And nobody can... sell now, would it? The house? Yeah. I'd say no. You get some... Oh, I don't want to use a derogatory term, but you get some like, very excited American that would probably come and buy it. Do you think? <laughs> I think so. Probably, yeah. 
like some minted person who's got an interest in ghosts. Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking, I said to you, like, when I was living, I lived with my granny from the age of eight to 15. And like, definitely there was something in that house, but it was all like noises. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, if you were getting bit or scratched. I know, because noise you can put up with. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't in our head because anyone that stayed there would always hear the same noises. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, in the older houses where like the sitting room is in the middle mm-hmm. and then there's like bedrooms leading off it. So there was like carpet in the middle, but like you go to bed at night and you'd hear footsteps on the carpet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it was never scary, like, which is strange. But that I think if it's you nearly sense that too if the environment's safe and if there was a spirit there there was no malice then it probably didn't feel that frightening yeah and those older houses were so cozy and you were very close to one another anyway too you know it's different nearly if you're upstairs and far away i would be skeptical now like yeah i definitely would be a skeptic but that happened it was kind of undoubted undoubtedly yeah spooky I just think I could not imagine if there was actual physical marks on people from being in a place. That's yeah, a, that, that to me is nuts. It. Yeah. How could you continue staying in that place? Mm. That's nuts. Not a hope. But yeah, yeah, like just, well, we're going to have a, a ghost story from our resident. Um, <laughs> a resident ghost? <laughs> a resident ghost. A resident ghost storyteller. Dot. Dominic Shields will will be cutting in his story shortly, but um, he won't be mentioning this particular instance. But he would have a he would be quite skeptical as well, and he hears a lot of spooky goings on in his place of work, the Harbour Bar and Downings, um, and especially in the winter when he's working on his own because you can actually hear the things then. And he, he's like not been on his own, but say there might only have been a handful of other people in the pub and they would hear like footsteps upstairs mm-hmm. when there's the only thing upstairs is women's toilets and there were no women in the pub that night and nobody up there when they went to check. Different freaky things like that. Um, is it only the women's toilets that upstairs, that's upstairs? Oh, there's a wee store as well. <clears throat> yeah, so we were down there last Friday night. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer, one of her friends, hey, Jenny, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I feel bad now for it, but like, she's, ter- she won't go to the toilets by herself in there. No, she really, because she once went up a good few years ago when it was myself and Jennifer went out and Darren's band were probably playing in the Harbour Bar or something. And we might have been getting a lift with Darren or dad. So we were like the last ones in the pub. And there were no other women bar myself and Jane. And she went out for a smoke and then she went up to the toilet and she was in the cubicle. And then there's only two cubicles upstairs in the toilets. And she heard the person coming up the stairs and she assumed it was me. And then she like spoke and the person never spoke back. And then they went into the cubicle and she was like, oh, there must have been other women in the lounge then. And then she came out of the bathroom and there was nobody in the cubicle. And like the, she hadn't heard the departure part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she like nearly broke her neck running down the stairs to tell me. And she was white. Yeah. Because that last night we went up and then I turned off the light. <laughs> you did? Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God, you bad. Beep. I know, but I was there. I was going to fight off. Anything. 
But yeah, oh, you went with her, not she will not go on her own. But there's a good few people like that. Yeah, I've never experienced anything. I'd be mm. um, having too much crack to notice the <laughs> <laughs> paranormal if I did stuff. Here, no, I'll just be making small chat with the ghost. I'll be like, <laughs> oh, God, good night. Like, you having a good night? You look lovely. Where did you get your um, gown? <laughs> <laughs> gown? <laughs> Victorian era gown. <laughs> Where did you get your corset? <laughs> Where did you get that bonnet? <laughs> Bob. Selfie, mirror selfie. Oh, it's only me. <laughs> you have to make jokes because like I, I would be mechanism. a scaredy cat. And not to say that like Jennifer's the scaredy cat. Like I also am way worse. <laughs> but I've just never so. experienced any I of this stuff. I just a whole play by play. You mirror selfie. <laughs> 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 but yeah i don't know dad's not telling us that that story maybe he will next time i don't know i think his story's not going to be about the harbor bar but he has plenty stories too mm. you can just ask him when you're if ever any of our listeners um visit the harbor bar you can ask directly so that's all the spooky crack mm, that's all our spooky stories um dad to follow and we shall chat to you all next week bye 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 From the dawn of time, Irish history has been filled with tales of the supernatural creatures who haunted the night and roamed the countryside when people were tucked up safely in their beds. These tales were handed down from generation to generation, and the one we're going to talk about tonight is the Black Dog of the Hills. This black mythical creature was said to ramble the hills of Donegal in the last two weeks of October, and people believed he was sent from hell by Lucifer himself to procure souls and send them to him quicker. Nobody moved onto the mountains during this two weeks. People hung holy water above their doors and in their outhouses to protect them and their animals. Now, in one particular village in West Donegal, there lived a father and son who were known for their acts of thievery and took it upon themselves to wander high into the mountains during this period, knowing that none of their neighbours would be there to procure some livestock, namely mountain sheep, and to sell them at the nearest marketplace. On this particular night, Tommy Boyle and his son Manus ventured onto the hills. Although neighbours had heard the strange howling of this beast for weeks beforehand, indeed there were sightings of it at twilight. It was said to be larger than an Irish wolfhound, with a stench that would turn your stomach and two large eyes that glowed as red as the embers on the fire. The father and son put this down to superstition, uneducated people believing in stupid things. So they decided, late one October night, to venture onto the moors, high up above the village. They rounded up as many sheep as they could. Boyd with confidence 
and ensured that none of their neighbours would be there. The two men gathered as many sheep as they could and corralled them high in a pen. But they never returned. After day two, the neighbours became anxious. No smoke was seen from their cottage. Nobody had seen them in the village. And after the third day, it was decided to mount a search. Scholars of decent people in the village wandered onto the hills and eventually they found them. The father had both hands wrapped around a hawthorn tree, gripping it so tightly that the thorns had pierced his flesh and he lay dead with a look of absolute horror on his face. Around the tree, paw prints, huge paw prints were seen. They found the dead son half a mile away in a cave, accompanied by their one sheepdog, who was whimpering like a pup. The local RIC sergeant and two visiting physicians attended the scene. The three men were perplexed by what they saw. It was fairly obvious that whatever these men had seen had terrorised them so much that their hearts stopped beating. Now, would you venture onto the mountains on the last two weeks of October? <laughs>